0: hello everyone welcome back to another episode of pineapple headache hello today we're gonna bring up a very hot button issue yes that i'm sure madison would love to share her thoughts and feelings about
1: yes well Christiane approached me with the topic and i was just like yes this sounds great Let's just burn some bridges today.
0: Yeah, and I think with, um, you know, with the rise of a very good TV show that is on right now on Disney+, Plus, I thought it was worth mentioning everything else that came before it. As we all know, WandaVision is amazing. Yes. Very good. I love the originality of the concept, and I'm really enjoying it so far.
1: Finally, something that is not just the same Marvel formula. Basically, Mm -hmm.
0: but before that, let's let's go back to all how many movie, how many Marvel movies are there, Madison? Uh, Guide us through this whole thing.
1: Well, okay, to give context to this, uh, I recently finally made my own Marvel Cinematic Universe movie tier list. So I I don't know if people are familiar with like just categorizing things in tiers like S tier is the best and A tier, B tier, C tier, D tier in terms of quality and all that. I don't know how many uh, let me just count how many MCU movies there are. I think there's 23 right now. Okay. Not counting Black Widow since that's just that's just somewhere.
0: That's just <laughs> delayed indefinitely. I don't know why they're they keep delaying it. We could have watched it on Disney Plus and spent I, the $30 listen, already. I I would have
1: no. paid the $30 cuz I'm that much of a clown. But they're they're not even giving me the chance to. So that's on them.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, let's like throw it back because madison is more of a marvel fan than i am i feel like i just i want to be in the loop when it comes to marvel but i feel like you get into it a lot more (laughs) than i do so go ahead and like talk about you know how did you what was it about marvel that you really love about it how you started and your participation within the fandom oh yeah
1: so my marvel origin story i think technically the first marvel movie i ever saw was iron man like the first iron man not in theaters but one of the times it was on tv just like like a rerun or whatever because i think because like at the time like you know late 2000s like iron man was kind of like this groundbreaking like oh we finally at a time when like we can make superhero movies that don't visually look hilarious because we actually now have like believable super uh, special effects and all that and so right. my dad grew up reading comics so he was like and he's like just kind of casual fan or whatever so he just turned it on because it was on he was like, oh like let's see this so I saw parts of Iron Man and I was like, okay, that's cool or whatever and then the first film I actually saw in theaters was Avengers in 2012 without much context but it was just you know one of those. I was in middle school about to be in high school my friends wanted to go to the movies and I said yes and they chose Avengers. And I was like, sure. I don't really know what's going on, but okay. So I watched that in theaters, and I was like, okay, this was, like, fun or whatever. Then we went home, and I was like, I don't really know who these characters are. And so the friends I went with, since I was still hanging out with them, we then, like, watched the first Captain America movie. So I was like, okay, that's, like, interesting. Cool. And then in 2013, The show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. started and one of my friends at school was like, I really want to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and I guess I just really wanted to feel like I fit in with people at school. So I was like, yeah, I'll watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So then I watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and I was like, oh, that's cool. Yep. But then the real obsession started after I saw Captain America the Winter Soldier in theaters in 2014. And the reason I saw it in theaters was because I was still following Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And at the time, like, during the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is on ABC, like, they actually correlated with the movies, like, it, like, literally, like, you know, an episode would come out on, like, Tuesday, and then if a movie was coming out that weekend that following Tuesday, that episode was going to relate to what, like, it was going to connect to whatever happened with the movie, like, in the weekend. For example, Thor 2 came out in the middle of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and so, like, one week they were just living life, then the next week they're, like, in London cleaning up after the events of Thor. So it was kind of like, oh, I need to, like, watch what's happening. Like, I need to see what's going on with this Captain America movie to understand what's happening in S.H.I.E.L.D. because, as we all know, Captain America was, like, the whole Hydra thing and they had started kind of building up to it in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and so and they actually included like parts of the movie and like the ending of like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to be like oh shit stuff's about to go down from this movie that's gonna like turn the whole show upside down and it was done really well at least from what I remember so it was really fun. Um, But So then I just got really into Steve as a character, especially, like, Natasha, Black Widow. I was just, like, in love with her, basically, from that point forward. And then I was really into shipping Steve and Natasha. Not sure I stand by that anymore, because the the fans back then were, they were a little much. They were very thirsty. They were very horny about it. (laughs) There was also a lot of people who were, like, took it to the level of, we also ship Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson in real life, which, like, don't do that. At the time, Scarlett Johansson, I think, was engaged or whatever to, I don't remember his name, but the guy she had a baby with, so, like, no, but so, yeah, so then from that point on, I joined Marvel Fandom on, like, Tumblr, and so I was, like, and then I got super into writing fanfiction, which is actually how I decided I wanted to become a writer or whatever, because I was basically just spending all my free time writing fanfiction about the Avengers, and this was back in wholesome times before there was any Civil War or anything. I was like. Back then, like, Avengers fandom, like, we all were like, this is a found family, and in their free time, the Avengers are just chilling at the tower from the Avengers movie, and like, Hawkeye's hiding in the vents, Thor's eating Pop-Tarts. It was just a really wholesome time, and then as the MCU went on, it just tested me more and more. I'm somehow still here, but I I do feel very burnt out after this whole last decade.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh, so like... You're saying the Avengers is what got you the into screenwriting. Yes, and I, we have to thank the Avengers for forming our friendship because then you wouldn't oh have my gotten God.
1: specifically the film sco- Okay, it was specifically the Winter Soldier film. Like the Avengers movie did not do it, even though I was there, I saw it. Okay, but so Winter Soldier. We have to thank
0: we have to thank the Russo brothers for bringing me and Madison together.
1: Yeah, unfortunately. And I was with, like... I was, like, yeah, Avengers for, like, a while. And then I saw Guardians of the Galaxy, that came, which also came out that year. And I was, like, okay, they're cool. And then when Guardians 2 came out in 2017, I was, like, you know what? These movies are actually really good. The Avengers movies are actually kind of bad. So then I basically was, like, no more Avengers fandom. And I just went to the Guardians fandom. And I was, like, I don't want to interact with any more Avengers people. I'm done. And I just hung out there. And that also... Just kind of got blown up by Infinity War and Endgame. So now I just exist waiting for this silly little Black Widow movie that's never going to come out, even though it's been done for a long time now. But yeah, now we're here. Now I have a screenwriting degree because I just really wanted to write fanfic about Captain America and Black Widow falling in love when I was 16. So
0: decisions were made. Amazing. (laughs) What a great origin story. Yeah. So, I mean, as you can tell, Madison has had a long history with Marvel yep and their movies um also in quarantine we actually had one of our roommates actually had never seen a marvel movie prior to quarantine when all of us were living together so like there was a period of nights when marvel movies were on Mm -hmm. and we were just going through all of the phases watching all the movies and i jumped in whenever i could yeah or it was an enjoyable time slash
1: for whatever movies you would actually want to see because like Mm-hmm. like it was fun to do a marathon but we also had to kind of expedite it a little bit because we had like limited time and we were still like busy with school and stuff we had to just like we were only all like super free at like nighttime and stuff and then also yeah. it was like we didn't have i think a ton of time before we were moving out to do it and it's like you know 20 whatever films so that's like a lot i like have my own little personalized order that i curated for us to go in, semi-based on release order, semi-based on this is when it takes place chronologically in the MCU, and then we would skip ones that I could just summarize in, like, a sentence or, like, slash that were very bad, such as Thor 2. Yeah. And I don't think we missed any of that. I think we actually, except for, like one movie on my D tier, the bottom tier on my list, I think we skipped all of the movies on my D tier, except for one. So,
0: okay. So, that
1: tells you something.
0: Alright, so then let's just go ahead and go into your list then.
1: I feel like it'll just be easy for, easiest if we go top to bottom, because, like, there's there's more on the bottom, so then it's like, we can just kind of skip through those. <laughs> like, I think we okay. should, I think we should give all our energy to these ones at the top, because, like, you know, and I'll obviously I'll just like name each one in the order I put it because this is I can't visually communicate this to whoever's listening. Okay. But so the first the top movie on my tier list is obviously Black Panther from twenty eighteen. Oh for
0: sure. For sure Black Panther what? is like the best Marvel movie. It's made like objectively thus far.
1: the best. Like I will always have that personal connection to Winter Soldier as a favorite because of how much it like, not to be like, it changed my life, but it did send me in like, several directions, obviously. So like, I gotta hand it to Winter Soldier for that, but like, Black Panther definitely blows it out of the water.
0: Yeah, I mean, the cultural phenomenon of that movie is one thing, but also looking into the craft of filmmaking in that movie is something to really behold. Like, Ryan Coogler's direction and creating a whole world Mm -hmm. that is you know just like like in an afro futuristic style is something that is so different than what marvel has been doing and trying to bring wakanda to life it's just so Mm -hmm. admirable having black panther be you know in the running for oscars and like actual awards and also, I watched Black Panther on the beach at Cannes. I remember that. Like oh my God, yes. Ryan Coogler was there watching the movie with me, and I was at the beach watching it with him.
1: He yeah, was personally sitting next to him on this beach just watching it.
0: We were in the same audience watching <laughs> his movie. I wish
1: that was me. Like, it's literally just so good. Like, there's a reason that it's the only... MCU film to be nominated for best picture. Like I don't think any of the others would deserve to be nominated for best picture ever.
0: I know it I think it did win for wardrobe though. Yeah. And the, I, I, mean, I mean like with all the clothes that they're wearing. Yeah, like, of course. Yeah,
1: and also the main like costume designer person on the, on Black Panther was Filipino, so it was, like, oh, wow. so a lot of, like, the, like, I guess, quote-unquote, like, tribal wear of, like, the characters in the movie was also, especially, oh, especially, like, um the Dora Milaje, like, the female security detail that T'Challa has, mm-hmm. um like, that Okoye is, like, their armor, I think, is based on, like, ancient, like, Philippine, like, female warrior armor or something like oh, that, so there's, okay. like, it's, like, a mix of, like, African influence, but also just like historic Philippine like clothing and stuff, too. So that's really cool.
0: Oh, that's cool. And then I was also going to note like, I think objectively, Killmonger is the best yes. Marvel
1: villain. Oh my god, like, yes. I, I stand so He hard.
0: presented a lot of moral dilemmas that I really think tested T'Challa's character and development. And I mean, he wasn't wrong by the things he was saying, he was just going against what T'Challa's you know desires and intentions are which is what you want in a good antagonist mm-hmm. like you want someone to challenge it but a really good antagonist is one who morally you know challenges the what what's the word like the morale the moral laws that the protagonist mm-hmm. upholds so yeah
1: it was just yeah I just thought that was so well done because it was like it's really easy to, like, agree with, like, his ideas not, like, the execution stuff. Like, it's, like, I always feel like if I'm watching something and, like, because I've never been, like, someone who can, like, easily like villains as characters. Like, a lot of people, like, love Loki. And I was, like, I don't see, I don't get it. Like, he just <laughs> kind of existed for me or whatever. But, like, with Killmonger, like, I was actually really conflicted. Like, and actually, like, when he, like, died, I was actually pretty, like, is there no other way that he could, like, stay alive? Like, if I, if I actually get that, right. like like wow I wish that the villain had survived like clearly someone was doing something right there to get me to be like wow I'm sad that the villain died and I think another really like interesting and important part of it was the fact that like Killmonger and Nakia's character like they had the same exact goal like they were both saying the same exact thing of like why don't we distribute our resources across the world why don't we lend our help to like people who are in these situations where they're being oppressed and, like, we come in and help them, like, liberate themselves and stuff. Like, they basically wanted the same thing, but, like, Nakia just didn't want to do it the way, like, Killmonger did and stuff. So, like, in a way, like, Killmonger's, like, influence and his, like, ideas, like, still, like, you know, lived on in the end because then T'Challa, like, made amends with Nakia and was, like, putting her in charge of, like, their outreach and stuff. So, like, Mm -hmm. clearly that solved that because it was like he brought up a valid issue that did need to be addressed and stuff and then it was addressed and it was dealt with and I'm like really interested to see like what happens in like the future Black Panther films though obviously it's going to be very sad because of Chadwick Boseman but I really have hope and faith that they'll still make something
0: really cool since it's a Marvel movie like it's part of this entire universe and then you have Ryan Coogler who's made his movies like Fruitvale Station And Creed and all those and it's like when you watch Black Panther you can still hear his distinct voice in his direction and his writing and like you can see kind of his attention to like sound design and how he created this world and stuff so it's like I don't know Marvel I feel like more so Marvel should really lean into directors who have unique voices because obviously like that's gonna make fans a lot more happier with what they're gonna see because it's different and not like you said not the same formulaic Mm -hmm. marvel film that we're so used to seeing and i'm like
1: especially considering it's like a solo film because like as a slight spoiler for my tier list a lot of just like the solo character films of the mcu are towards the bottom of my list because just i feel like just so many of them are literally like the exact same story (laughs) like Mm -hmm. and this is coming from someone who like knew these characters inside and out for years because I was writing stories about them and I was to the point where I like had to know them as if they were my own but like their origin movies are
0: literally all the same
1: like (laughs) I'm sorry but that's just that's just the truth
0: okay so then let's keep going into your list so like what else is so
1: right after Black Panther is Thor Ragnarok because aka as I like to call it they finally made the Thor franchise interesting and finally redeemed it because oh my god like i always like liked Thor as a character and i always loved like you know writing him and stuff but it was like literally his own movies like treated him as like treated him that whole franchise as like a joke which like to a, to a point it was like kind of a joke but like at times it would like take it too seriously when it's like kind of like they just didn't have a good mm-hmm. approach i feel like with the first two yeah. thor movies and in the avengers movies so taika really came in and like literally yeah. saved this franchise because thor finally felt like an actual character
0: <laughs> again like that's the whole thing with trying to pick the right director for the mm. right project because Taika Waititi's movies before he ever made a Marvel movie always were able to strike that balance between comedy and like dealing with very deep and you know deep and serious issues that he talks about and so it's just like again yeah. the people that you pick for a Marvel movie <laughs> can really make or break the film i didn't see Thor 2 um it's been a while since i've seen thor but like i don't really have any recollection of it so.
1: They literally, like, I've seen both of them multiple times, and they still just blend together in my head, because they're literally, like, the exact same, like, basic mm-hmm. movie and stuff, and, like, the same tone and everything, and just the characters just didn't really stand out and stuff, but, like, in Ragnarok, I really was, like, I felt like I actually had a grasp on, like, okay, this is who Thor is, this is who Loki is, this is, like, what this world is and all that, because this all the previous movies just literally did not do it for me. <laughs>
0: yeah
1: so i was like yes and also because like i've seen also like analyses of like ragnarok as like an indigenous story like not in the sense that it actually like you know represents any like particular indigenous group or anything like that but just like the like you can tell that it was coming from that perspective because taika is indigenous because the whole point of like you know the like movie is that asgard is not a place it's a people And so, like, that whole, like, you can just, like, this is just, like, when you, like, let movies that have a lot of white people in it, if you let someone who's not white direct it, like, it'll, it will probably be better, (laughs) and it'll probably have, like, more character and, like, more, like, something more profound or something, just based on the MCU, at least, like, It'll just have some more depth to it.
0: I mean, yeah, based on the mo- the two movies that we've described so far and how much, like, we really like them, it seems like it's following that trend. Yep. Okay, um, let's go ahead and let's go keep going down the list.
1: So Winter Soldier is next for obvious reasons. Or now, as I like to call it, imagine being in the Russo Brothers and peeking in your first Marvel movie and then immediately going downhill from there. <laughs>
0: Well, I guess that foreshadows what you think about all the other movies that the Russo Bros have made within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So let's keep going down the line, then, as we keep going. Okay, so
1: Guardians is next, aka my okay. Because my thing with the Guardians of the Galaxy films, which also just since Guardians Two comes right after this, it's the beginning of a tier. So. They're basically next to each other in my list. They're just not in the same tier. Literally, Guardians, in one film, managed to do what the Avengers films did not do for an entire decade, which is really actually being like, okay, this is a found family story and this is like an ensemble film. Mm -hmm. The Avengers movies, which I guess I'll get into more later, but like literally they're just like coworkers who hate each other the whole time. So, like, when am I supposed to, like, I'm, like, how am I supposed to feel as emotionally invested as the story wants me to feel if they've never shown me that these people actually have a profound connection to each other? Meanwhile, in the Guardians film, like, they're very clearly a family by the end of the movie and stuff, with, they still have, like, obviously they still have their conflicts and their problems, which Guardians 2 highlights and deals with pretty well. The humor is, like, fun, though some of it. I'm kind of like, eh. Like, I really hate how Drax treats Mantis for the entirety of the second movie. I also don't love Drax that much, to be honest. My OTP, my one true pairing in the Marvel movies is Star-Lord and Gamora because Mm -hmm. I feel like they have, like, one of the most actual, like, organic and well-paced and nice, like, love stories in the films. Like, obviously, I guess there's also, like, Tony and Pepper, but, like, like, Peter and Gamora are, like, two lead hero characters compared to, like... Tony's the hero and Pepper's, like, his, his girl that's, like, a normal person, but, like, in terms of an actual story of here's two, like, superhero characters who are, like, stars and then they're, like, getting together, I really enjoyed, like, their arc together over the Guardians movies, so I was, like, yes for that. And also because I liked a lot that Gamora was, like... She had a pretty, like, good flesh out thing where she was really badass and she was really tough and she could be cold, but she was also funny. She could she was warm to the Avengers at times. She was really... Mo- or the Avengers. She was very warm to the Guardians at times. She was very motherly to Groot when he was baby Groot in the second movie. Like, she actually had a full personality and she wasn't just a standoffish, badass woman, like, literally every movie made Natasha to be, so, like, thanks. Like, Jesus Christ. I don't know why only one series got that right, but shout-out to Guardians for that.
0: All right, and it is directed by the controversial James James Gunn. Gunn. Which,
1: I'm not jazzed about him as a person for obvious reasons, but also I was just telling Christian before this that, I mean, obviously I trusted his direction with these movies until... I think yesterday or the day before on Twitter, he decided to share that his favorite scene in Infinity War was Gamora's death scene, which um, I no longer trust him <laughs> for Guardians Three, so um, goodbye Guardians franchise. I guess
0: <laughs> it was nice while you last while it lasted. It was like I really did like his writing that he had for guardians one and volume two like i feel like there was a sense of maturity compared to his past films that he's made oh also
1: like gamora and nebula's whole arc in volume two as like Mm -hmm. the whole sister thing that was great like literally anyone who has a sister like knows like would you fly across the entire universe just to prove a point to your sister yes (laughs) just to say i told you so (laughs) like obviously that's just how it is and that's like like Clearly he understood that and like got that really right with their characters and I just I also really loved Nebula and stuff too and like I just I love those characters a lot. Next on my list is two the two Ant-Man movies with Ant-Man the Wasp on like before. Also Captain Marvel is in this tier. We're on A tier now and I just want to say the only reason these three films are here are not because I think they're just these A tier films that are like I walked out of the theater being like oh my god. I just saw like an Oscar worthy film. Like it was nothing like that. It was just I just felt like they had. I had less problems with these movies than the ones all below it. <laughs> and by oh, at this, okay. at when I was making this, I had already put all these movies into the lower tiers, and I was like, "Well, I don't think these movies are A tier, but I don't think they belong with these other movies that I put in. So I guess they're just gonna have to be A tier just by process of elimination."
0: Mm-hmm. So well, that's I how think they're there. Oh. Um, yeah, well, I think with, like, Ant-Man, because I know I've seen Ant-Man and the Wasp with you mm-hmm. in theaters. And, like, I think that both Ant-Man movies are just okay. Like, I really yeah. do like Paul Rudd as Ant-Man they're in Scotland. Fun. But, w- yeah, they're fun. And I feel like they're fun to watch in the moment. But by the time I finish the movie, it's not like I leave. Like, with a lot of memory of it. I don't know if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. It's just not as memorable It doesn't...
1: Yeah, it's not memorable. It's, like, it doesn't stick in my mind, like, the way that, like, the, like, event... Some of the, like, Avengers films or the Guardians films did. Like, where I left it and I was, like, thinking about these characters and thinking about, like, the deeper implications and all that. I just thought they were funny and they flowed well and they were still pretty like they were still kind of formulaic but they didn't feel as much of like a copy and paste as some of the other films
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah and and then Captain Marvel because I know how much you love Brie Larson yes Brie Larson if you are listening um,
1: I am free tomorrow at any time Brie Larson if you are listening I hope we can hang out <laughs> I am free whenever you are just please hit me up Brie Larson
0: yeah my thing with <laughs> Captain Marvel <laughs> Going back to the conversation, I think with Captain Marvel is I think it was a movie that was made that should have been made earlier, yeah. like like way earlier in time. Because I understand that's giving this message of like feminism and whatnot, but it's also pretty white woman feminism. It was
1: Women's March the movie, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is like. Cool. Like I didn't have a ton of like, oh, this was like not memorable or this is boring problems with Captain Marvel. Like it just, it, I was like, yeah, it just exists, and I was just really like Brie Larson. Um, but I also just really, I did really enjoy like her dynamic with Nick Fury mm-hmm. in it, and of course, I Goose think I did, the yeah. cat. I- there's a cat in the movie. There's an orange cat in the movie. And I have a dumb orange cat in real life, so I'm a little biased there as well.
0: So, let's go on to, I guess, the movie that you have problems with now.
1: Yeah, the B tier. <laughs> well, that's, like, mm-hmm. B tier is, like, middle of the road for me. It's, like, either I'm, like, I just don't really love this, or I'm, like, neutral on it. Um, So, first of all, Avengers 2012 is in here, and this is the highest... Ranked Avengers film on this list <laughs> this is the first one by our favorite Joss Whedon.
0: Oh yes, Joss Whedon, the first, the director that everyone, the right director that everyone wants to work with. He's so respectful. Oh my god, to the people he collaborates to with, women. the women he collaborates with. I'm sure all of you have, or maybe you y'all have not, but as uh, we're talking today, there has been an article that just came out about the Buffy the Vampire Slayer actors coming out, speaking out against Joss Whedon while they were working with him, talking about how he's abusive. So, yeah. I'm also just not a fan of his writing, either. Yeah, like, Like,
1: the way he, like, I I was telling Christian before this, like, with, like, the things that have come out about how he is to work with in real life and how he is as a person. Like, they never surprise me, because I feel like if you just watch, like, I mean, obviously, I've never watched Buffy, and I've never watched Firefly, but just from watching the first two Avengers movies, like, that, those qualities about him, like, are reflected in there to me. Mm-hmm. Like, he, like, because I really hate how, like, I think this is why Natasha was just written so not great for most of the MCU and why they just never really tapped into her whole character potential for all of her movies is because of how she was, like, set up in the Avengers movies. Like, because he basically writes her as this, like, standoffish cold badass like bitch where it's like ooh, she's this super spy who can like murder you in five seconds when it's like as proven by her actions in endgame even though i hated the execution of that like she would do anything to keep the avengers together she like had this whole dynamic with tony from iron man 2 like she has like an actual like team player who just really wants to keep her family together but no she's instead introduced as this like I hate everyone mood and I'll just kill anybody for looking at me blah 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 blah, this and that and I'm just really sexy blah 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 blah, like that kind of thing she's like introduces that in event in the Avengers movie and then also just the way all the men are written in the movie like I always tell like people that I'm like the event I think the first Avengers movie is really nostalgic and really fun but I just the dialogue just makes me cringe so much there's just like so many little things where I'm just like what like the jokes in there like half of Tony's lines I'm just like, what? Like, remember when Tony and Steve were just, like, put on the suit, or take off the suit, whatever, what are you? You, everything special came out of you. Everything special about you came out of a bottle. Like, why don't you put on the suit? Let's go a few rounds. Like, blah, like that whole banter thing. I was just like, okay, it's just men being aggressively men. And, like, I my one of my biggest gripes with the first Avengers movie is this was the first film I saw with Captain America in it. And I was under the impression that he was a complete asshole with a stick up his butt, and he was just a stick in the mud, and he was just, like, not fun or anything. Like, he literally had, like, no personality in Avengers movie. He literally just stood there and was emo for, like, two hours until he finally, like, led the Avengers. And so I was kind of like, wow, he kind of sucks. But then when my friends showed me Captain America, the first Avenger, at home later after we saw Avengers, I was like, oh... He's, like, an actual person with an actual personality and actual, like, goals and, like, actual flaws, but, like, he was just not introduced well to me at all in this movie, so, and I know for a lot of people, the Avengers film was, like, the first movie they saw in the MCU because it was so popular and a lot of people got, like, brought in there, but, like, it just did not do a good job of, like, introducing characters, so all in all, this is just an anti-Joss Whedon message because I think the, I think the movie was strong for what it did, and obviously, like, as much as I criticize the MCU, I do think for the whole concept of why don't we have a bunch of random movies that connect and, like, cross over and tell one story, I think overall it does, like, the MCU did succeed in that, and I think it did, like, well as for what it was, but, like, these problems, when you get, like, deeper into it and when you get into the fandom, when you start, like, thinking about, it more and the characters is just like wow this could have been a lot better too <laughs> so the next movie is infinity war because i think for i i was not a big infinity war stan but once i saw endgame i was like infinity war was at least cohesive and i could understand what was going on with everything going on so i was like infinity war is impressive for that um so i respect her for that but obviously i hate what they did with the guardians in the movie the whole thing with gamora and thanos disgusting they never explained the soul stone and they were just like we're just using the soul stone as an excuse to kill women i guess and fridge them on this planet so the whole i gamora remember
0: thing. yeah i remember we had watched that in theaters and we looked so i remember after them we looked so disheveled after watching it and i also remember sitting next to you when gamora died because i know that is one of your like top yes. favorite superheroes within the marvel universe so i was just like what? And you were also like, what?
1: I was like, what? Oh, wait till we get to Endgame. I'm sure you remember my reaction to End Endgame during that yeah. scene with mm-hmm. somebody else. Um, But, so, all in all, Infinity War tried. I think for what it had, like, how many characters and how many stories it was trying to tell, I think it did a decent job. Oh, and then obviously... Um, I have to establish that I do not blame Peter Quill for the whole snap happening, as everybody in the world likes to do. Like, why would you waste your time doing that when Peter was literally about to shoot Gamora in the face to save the universe? Meanwhile, the Avengers on Earth couldn't bear to kill their smart toaster, Vision, so, like the whole world really ended because the avengers couldn't kind of just kill their robot guy and in the process they were like why don't we take the fight to wakanda so they also did a great job at minimizing the entirety of black panther to just a backdrop to be destroyed for this final battle so that's great and then the snap literally killed most of the newer characters who happened, to, of course be the more diverse characters so that was also great also, I hate that they killed Shuri off-screen. Like, remember when Shuri just wasn't shown again in the final battle? And then right before <laughs> Endgame came out, Marvel was like, oh yeah, she died too. Cool, I guess. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's a summary of all my Infinity War thoughts. Um, next on my list is both Spider-Man movies. And they are the ones that are here because I'm just very neutral on them and have no opinion because I have not seen them that many times. I like, think I've seen the first one, like, once or twice. And then Far From Home, I've only seen with Christian in theaters once. And I have not watched it since, because it's, like, not streaming anywhere I have, so...
0: I mean, it's, yeah, it's kind of the same thing to me. Like, they are just...
1: They exist. Okay. They just kind of exist. Because also, like, I know a lot of people are, like, big Spider-Man, like, stands in general, because it's, like, they loved Spider-Man growing up, or they liked the Andrew Garfield or, like, Tobey Maguire movies or whatever, but I was, like, not... I never watched them, so I was just kind of like, eh, Peter Parker exists. Yeah, I mean, I like Peter Parker as a character, and he just... Yep, he's there. So, those are like literally just the middle of my tier list just because I'm like, yeah, cool. Um, Zendaya, obviously, very cool though. Zendaya, if you're free to hang out, I'm free whenever you are free to hang out. Um, okay. Okay. Next is Civil War, which I like in my, even though it's a Captain America movie, I just kind of lump it in with the Avengers films in my head. So, it has very similar problems to all that. I think this is my main gripe with Civil War has to do with. The Avengers movies before it, and kind of going the backs of the whole thing of like they never really established that the Avengers actually like each other or like are friends. Like Steve and Natasha are friends, and I think that's like kind of the only ones that are really established to have a real relationship. Thanks to Winter Soldier, like Steve and Tony are never like really made it to be these BFFs in the movies. Yeah, I
0: mean, like, when we we watched Civil War, I was just, like, looking at the relationship. I was like, okay, and?
1: Yeah, like, because, like, should I care? Like, I haven't, obviously, caveat, I haven't read all the comics. I've only read a couple, and I've never read the Civil War comics. But just from conversations I had with people in high school when this movie was coming out who had read it, it was, like, the whole tragedy of it originally was kind of, like, because in the comics, like, Steve and Tony have a much more, like, fleshed out relationship and are... It's you know it's a lot more complicated but like more it's re- the tragedy just really centers on we were like this family we were really good friends and now we're like standing on opposite sides on this issue and it's like a life or death thing and now we're like fighting about it and all that and like the movies just never laid the groundwork for that like they were already fighting in Age of Ultron they laid the groundwork for them just fighting they never laid the groundwork for like they actually had a real relationship and now it's really tragic that like they're breaking up over this you know. So, like, that was, eh. I enjoyed the airport fight scene when they were all fighting each other because I thought it was fun. And that was the only part of the movie where I felt like it was like, oh, yeah, this is kind of tragic. Like, when they went from just fighting, like, kind of not lethally to, like, okay, now we're going to kill each other. But then the entire third act I thought was kind of boring. So, (laughs) because it was just, like, Steve and Tony being emo and then, like, they're with Bucky and then it's the whole uh, Bucky killing uh, Tony's parents reveal, which, like, yeah, I guess... But see, yeah, I was just like, alright, I don't know. It was just a lot of man pain for, like, the last, like, 40 minutes, and I was like, eh. Also, again, the Sokovia Accords, tell me when that ever mattered again. It literally never (laughs) came up again, period. Like, the only thing I think it kind of referenced it, aside from, like, the way, like, Steve and Nat and, like, Sam and some of those, like, and Wanda, like, they were all, like, hiding, I guess, living in hiding at the beginning of Infinity War, and then it was like, Wanda has to just check in. When else did it matter? It literally did not matter ever again. Like, did they ever bring it up in a Spider-Man movie? No. What? Like, they never brought it up in any of the films after Civil War. Like, nobody has gotten arrested for breaking the Sokovia Accords. So, they basically literally just used it just to set up for, like, Infinity War and Endgame so that, oh no, like, the Avengers broke up so now they can't fight together for Infinity War or whatever. But, like, did did it need to happen if the Sokovia Accords didn't matter? Okay. I don't know. So that's, that's my Civil War T, and that's the end of the B tier. The C tier starts with Endgame, which is, um, first of all, why was that three hours long?
0: Yeah, I mean, Infinity War was also three hours long. No,
1: Infinity War was, like, two hours and something. Like, Endgame was over three hours, like, actually three oh, hours okay. something, and when I first heard it was three hours, I was like, I'm gonna predict now that I'm gonna watch it and I'm gonna think this did not need to be three hours. And you know what happened? I watched it and I thought, this did not need to be three hours. <laughs> surprise, surprise. So, that's cool, I guess. Uh, but, like, I I liked the concept of, like, okay, now it's all coming back down to the original six Avengers to figure it out. But, like, the pacing was, like, literally just so bad. Like, I literally, I've, like, rewatched, like, all of the Avengers movies multiple times before. I've seen a lot of the Marvel movies I'll see in theaters more than once. Uh, especially if it has, like, my faves in it, like, if it has Guardians or, like, the Avengers I do like in it or whatever. This one, I saw it once in theaters, and I was like, yeah, I'm done. I don't need to see this again, and I haven't really been able to, I think I've only rewatched it in actually one sitting, like, once, because it's, like, it just gets so slow, like, halfway through that it's, like, you like, and you're just, like, do I want to dedicate three hours to this? And also, like, I feel like they, like, this is is an issue that has affected multiple franchises like Star Wars and Game of Thrones. I feel like they fell victim to the whole spoiler phobia thing in pop culture right now, where they were like, oh my god, like, we don't want people to know how it's gonna end, so, like, we need to make the ending as unpredictable as possible, instead of making it an ending that people could naturally... Um, predict because they draw conclusions from foreshadowing and from things being planted in the story and all that which like would make sense but spoilers so we have to make it as unpredictable as possible so steve's ending what the hell was that it made no sense um tony dying why like i get it but also why natasha dying i get it but why i just why like i just i feel like they were like we need to make all these profound deaths happen now but, they, but they, because they did it then, I was like, there was so much potential in these characters that you did not tap into, like, until they were dying. Oh, and then, of course, the scene that I was talking about earlier, as we all know, Natasha meets the same fate as somebody, Gamora. And I remember when that happened, I was sitting in the theater and I laughed. Because I was like, what? It was like the uncomfortable laugh of, like, what the F is happening? <laughs> because I was like, is this real? like are they actually because they literally copied the gamora scene like verbatim like because they literally they copied the music and like all that like they literally it it felt like a meme so i was just like bro what so i laughed when my my comfort character of almost a decade died i or i guess at that point five years died i laughed and i was like yep okay this makes sense (laughs)
0: I don't. I didn't really like in. Uh, I think it was good. in general. I did like the concept of it of like okay now let's circle back to all these places. Yeah. I just think it was poorly executed and also the whole like the, the logic travel. of time traveling was confusing. Oh my god, to understand. they were like
1: because the Ru- I feel like the after Winter Soldier like the Russo Bros like got kind of I feel like the success of Winter Soldier kind of got to their heads, and they were just like, look at us being, like, actually competent directors, and so, like, I feel like, because I remember the Endgame press, they kept being like, we consulted actual quantum physicists about time travel, and they told us, like, this whole thing about if you travel to the past, the past is now your present, and, like, the present is your past, like what, Like they were like, this is what the quantum physicists told us, and then like, never mind the fact that Marcus and McFeely, the writers, like literally when they were interviewed separately about whether or not the time travel in Endgame was affecting a single timeline that the universe operated on, or if it was multiple timelines. What one pair said one answer, and the other said the other, like the other answer. So I I don't remember who said what, but basically the writers said it like said the opposite from the directors (laughs) so i don't even know if it's like one timeline or if it's multiple timelines i don't know all i know is that the it's science and that one time where steve and tony went to like the 1980s now in that one point in time there were three different steve rogers in that one point in time because there was the one that time traveled was with tony there was the one in the ice and then there was the one that was old because he'd gone back to live with peggy so yeah i don't know i just yeah why also the other thing that i i guess is more like infinity war related but the way like after the snap happened and somebody asked the russo bros like does the snap include like all organic life like the plants and the animals and the russo bros said yes so, like, what did the stuff so do?
0: This, that, like, doesn't... Well, because Thanos' whole thing was he was, like, there's the basically, like, population control, right? Yes, he was so. saying
1: there's not enough resources for as much population as there is, which, first so of all, is kill- a myth. <laughs> so,
0: so, if you were, like, to kill, like, all organic life, or, like, kill off half of organic life, then you would just be left with...
1: You, like, you have the same half- proportional amount of, like yeah like natural resources like i guess you could say there's more land available because lots of people living on the <laughs> land but like the plants are gone so like it's gonna take a while to grow your new fancy crops on this new land you got since the plants poofed
0: so yeah and i think like after i think after watching endgame and like trying to understand the science of it all i think we were just like, you know what? If we just didn't think too hard about it, it would make sense.
1: Yeah, like, literally Infinity War and Endgame were like, total, do not, If as long as you don't use a single brain cell, like, you're fine. But the moment that single brain cell starts to, starts to, like, turn a little bit, you know, then you're like, oh, wait, this was, like, actually not good. <laughs> but the only, but it's okay, because there's a worse Avengers movie. You know what movie that is? It's Age of Ultron which is next on my list.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I do like that shot, though. Like, the money shot that they did of all of the Avengers fighting, like, looking like a painting, that's the only thing I liked about it. That's about it.
1: Yeah, Age of Ultron was an even worse, uh, worse sample for, oh, this is a reflection of how Joss Whedon is as a person, Um, because just the whole, the whole thing of shipping the Hulk with Natasha, the whole thing of shipping Bruce and Natasha, like, for no reason, and them connecting over being monsters Bruce being like I'm a monster because I literally turn into a monster and Natasha being like I'm a monster not because I have like literally murdered children but because I'm infertile like Joss we didn't really <laughs> thought he did something with that and instead just managed to like make us all be like what so now you're a monster if you can't naturally have children apparently um, that whole thing, and I just, I, I thought this when I first saw Age of Ultron in high school when it came out, and I still think this now, but I really think that whole brief romance of Natasha and Bruce that just really read as, like, a self-insert fan fiction situation for Joss Whedon of him trying to ship himself with, like, this badass hot girl who's, like, too cool to just, like, too, like, I'm too busy being, like, a badass type person And then he's just, like, the lowly nerd who's like, I just have a heart of gold and I'm not, I'm a little bit of a monster too, but, like, we share that. Why? (laughs) Just why? And then, like, also just the introduction of Wanda and Pietro into um, the universe with this whole thing and they completely butchered everything about them because in their attempt to like cut them off from the x-men which is like also another like pretty valid criticism of like wandavision like they basically because in the comics like like wanda and pietro are literally like romani and they're literally jewish and they're like so then like first of all it's like why are they with nazis in age of Ultron? like why are they in hydra and then I think, like, in division, I think she has, like, a cross in her bedroom. And she's, like, worn a cross necklace in, like, the movies before. So, basically, she's not Jewish at all either now. And she was working with, like, Nazis just because. And, like, so they totally erased all that for, I, I don't know. I don't know why they had to erase that to erase them being connected to Magneto. But, like, okay. Um, and then did we need Vision? This is Vision origin
0: story. Did we need that? <laughs> Um, we and some of our other friends like to call him the smart toaster.
1: Yes. Literally, like, he's just a- basically just a living robot guy, which I guess, but I don't know why that literally- like, he was- I don't know why he had to be the life that we were bargaining the whole universe for in Infinity War, but okay. But yeah, so that's Age of Ultron and Joss Whedon. I don't know if you have any other thoughts to add on that, <laughs> now that we're done no, with the Avengers I don't have movies. any other thoughts.
0: Okay. <laughs> no, not really. Okay, um, moving on to the next one because I have a question from one of our listeners. Yes. Regarding your next movies because uh, my cousin, Ian, has asked me to ask you a question because Iron Man is her favorite Marvel superhero and she mm-hmm. loves the Iron Man movies and she wants to know why They're Iron the Man is in the C tier. <laughs> for you um it's not personal they're just not that memorable
1: to me and i think this is where the whole thing of all the marvel movies are the same kind of started because like i've seen each i've seen all three of them multiple times and i so i know like what they're each about but i just think like with characters that are, like, Tony, where it's, like, their whole thing is they're, like, kind of like, they're, like, the lovable asshole with the heart of gold or whatever who, like, needs to learn to become a team player. I feel like when they have char- when people write characters like that in any kind of franchise setting, they fall into the trap of, like, okay, they make that character go through the development of, like, okay, now they're not gonna be, like, this selfish asshole who can't play on a team or whatever. And then when it comes time to tell a story about them again... That character has to go through the same development, like, again, and, like, it, like, between Iron Man and Iron Man 2, like, that's kind of, like, one arc I would consider, because it was first him becoming Iron Man and then him trying to, him, like, dying and stuff, but then, like, he goes through the Avengers movies and gets to a point in Iron Man 3 where he's, like, okay, I'm not gonna be Iron Man anymore, like, at the end when he gets his arc reactor removed, and then he just rolls up in Age of Ultron and is, like, I'm here as Iron Man again. With no explanation, and I was just like, okay, like, I feel like it's just, like, I have to, like, I would have to rewatch them, like, back to back to back and more, like, with a more attentive eye, I guess, to be like, okay, let's really map out his whole character arc, but I just feel like he kind of went through the same character arc, like, three times. Mm-hmm. I don't know, right? and that's like, I guess in hindsight, I might have put Age of Ultron below all these like, because I, I just really hate Age of Ultron. I'm just really neutral towards, like, the Iron Man films. I, will, I would say the reason I put the first Iron Man at the bottom is because Don Cheadle isn't Rhodey yet. Oh, that's Don right. Cheadle's iconic. And then I actually recently rewatched Iron Man 2 with Laurel <laughs> over, like, the Disney Plus group watch, and I just really hated Natasha's introduction. Like, I like that she starts out as, like, being part of Tony's story, because one of my bro tps in the mcu is natasha and tony because i feel like they have a lot of potential to be like a really cool like bro dynamic but like she kind of just existed as eye candy in iron man 2 she was just like there and she was like yep i'm a double agent and i'm sexy and then everybody was like okay (laughs) so like yeah, I don't, I don't know. They, are they just none of them like stuck with me. I guess uh, even after like the times I've watched them, but I love Tony. Like a lot of people hate Tony.
0: I really like Tony, and I'm sad that he died. Okay. But you know, valid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that whole ending. I didn't really like the ending of End Game. Why I did they give him a the kid. entire ending? I just didn't. Like. The
1: one who should have died is Steve. Okay, like I don't
0: yeah literally out of
1: between the two of them to settle down and like actually live a whole life it should not have been it should not have been steep because he was literally obsessed with like just fighting everybody like okay i also
0: yeah i also just didn't like the like the actual ending ending with steve going back yeah, in time it's it made, with, it made I was no just...
1: sense it made no sense literally how many movies before this did he spend like being like oh my god we need to find Bucky I will literally let the whole world explode because I'm trying to find Bucky and then finally he has a chance to just chill for one second and be like okay me and Bucky can just chill and then he's like immediately he's like actually I don't care bye. like that literally made no sense so I was just like okay I guess which, ironically, that brings us to the movie that's kind of tucked into between the Iron Man movies here is the first Captain America movie, um, because I also just thought it was just okay, and it wasn't, like, super memorable. I don't know. I don't know. kind of just exists to me. I thought Peggy was cool. <laughs> but, um, and then also my other thing, too, is, I, like, a lot of people really love Bucky, and I'm like, he's kind of, like, done nothing <laughs> for, like, this whole time. <laughs> like, he's... I'm like, I don't mean it to discredit Bucky. I think this is the fault of like the writers throughout this whole saga, in that they basically made Bucky like have no agency and just exist as an like as a plot device for Steve yeah. for like a decade. Like, yeah, that's on them for doing that. So like, Bucky stands can be stands or whatever, but I'm just like, he literally hasn't had even had the chance to do anything to like get my attention. Like, he literally has just existed. As like I mean, an yeah, object but like,
0: of Steve's desire. The good thing is though is that he has his show. Um,
1: yes, I'm really excited for, for that. the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm because if it goes anything like WandaVision, because my first impression, my first reaction to WandaVision was like, oh my god, they have actual personalities so i'm really hoping that's how i mean i would say sam wilson already has a pretty solid personality and i think he i really like his character but maybe finally bucky will get some personality Mm -hmm. i mean a girl can dream but jesus i just want to know what the appeal of this guy (laughs) is because he's literally just done nothing for like five movies
0: all right and then let's go on to the very (laughs) bottom tier yes
1: okay i think with the c and d tier i don't think i paid as much attention to the order i was dragging them into because hulk is technically at the top of this tier I have never seen this movie all the way through, okay? I'm gonna be- I'm gonna be honest. I've been an MCU stan for, like, almost seven years now. I've never even bothered to touch this film, because, like, why? And it's, like, barely even canon. It's also not even Mark Ruffalo, so it's, like, what? I think the only canon part that matters is at the end, like, I think Tony shows up and talks to him at a bar, and then that's it. It doesn't matter. And then, uh, Thor Ragnarok- (laughs) which Thor, I would I would put Thor. Thor I would put first Thor Thor yeah not Thor Ragnarok sorry Thor the Dark World um which is the second Thor which I would put the first Thor above this one yeah they're just very not memorable and I just was I was literally just like I literally out of all the franchises I was like the least interested in like Thor cuz I don't know these
0: movies are just like not yeah. good <laughs> Yeah, they're just, they're, they're not really fun or entertaining.
1: They just literally exist, and, like, they have some jokes, yeah. but then they try to take themselves a little, like, too seriously. It's just a dude wearing a cape and talking in, like, ye mm. old English, like, it doesn't have to be that serious. <laughs> so thor ragnarok was like the ultimate like redemption for this franchise
0: and then this is a you have a controversial pick for your bottom (laughs) yeah doctor Um, strange yeah well i have never seen doctor strange like um, i I
1: watched it once because except for obviously except for the hulk my thing especially back when i was still writing like fanfic i was like oh i need to be i need to know what's going on because i need to be able to write stuff and write these characters so I need to know what's happening in the universe so I know what I'm doing but so I watched this when it was on Netflix a couple years ago and it was just like not it just it wasn't memory it wasn't as a movie it wasn't even that memorable to me but it also just had so many issues with like which originated in the comics that they could have like fixed here but like they didn't Um, and so the main issue, and to the point where I've used this film in my Asian American studies as a a popular example of this issue, um, so this falls into kind of the thing of Orientalism, which is kind of basically just, like, commodifying, like, Asian culture. Well, first of all, assuming Asian culture is one monolithic thing, and then just kind of turning it into this, like, product for consumption and, like, using, like, these mystic, this whole idea of, like, asian mystic arts and stuff and like magic and martial arts and ooh like that kind of stuff and it's just like the white people get to do this magic asian stuff like ooh they wave their hands and then this mystical power comes out and then they defeat their enemies blah 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 like that whole thing is literally just doctor strange and in the movie, like, the, what's it, the ancient one or whatever, where they made What's-Her-Face play.
0: Oh, Tilda Swinton? Um, which
1: the ancient one was, like, the one, like, major Asian character, I believe, in the original Doctor Strange story. Um, but they, which I forget the whole, like, backstory of this, but basically they changed, like, the location of where he goes to study and the race of the ancient one to like it was basically Marvel trying to like appeal I think to the Chinese governments that they wouldn't block the movie from being showed in China I don't I'm not a hundred percent on all this because it's been a few years now but basically a lot of like that whole those like decisions were really big in, like they were largely influenced on that whole thing of like we need to still keep the Chinese market so we can make a ton of money so let's just change the story to appeal to like the chinese communist parties like stuff Uh, yeah Mm -hmm. so there was that whole thing and it's like i mean like so i feel like this story like when they were adapting it what could have really like kind of took taking it away from all those problems like if they'd gotten actual like first of all if they'd pinpointed one actual culture asian culture to focus on not just like asians and their magic be like oh we're gonna make this a chinese story or make this a korean story whatever like and they're like let's pinpoint one culture let's hire people from that background to then be working on this as a director as a writer whatever let's turn this like i think it could have really worked as like a you know an asian american like someone living in the diaspora and then going home and like connecting with this culture and then getting these Mm -hmm. powers or whatever like obviously it'll still kind of fall into this whole idea like this whole myth of like asian culture is like magic and voodoo and all that which like that's a whole issue but like it would have felt a lot better if it was actually like a story about you know a person in the diaspora like going home and like learning all this while learning more about themselves and their background and all that and then using that as like a power that they could like fight with and stuff. that would have been really cool but instead it was just benedict cumberbatch eggs benedict cucumber cabbage patch kids whatever Sherlock himself. It was just him playing this asshole character who was like Tony Stark 2.0 but a surgeon instead for like 2 hours and I was just like okay. So I don't know. Like it was I was just like I guess like I guess they had to do it cuz the time stone they had to introduce the time stone but it really was not that memorable to me and just the fact that I could use it so easily as an example of this is a bad representation of asian cultures in my literal classes in college like i was like cool that's great which this is to say too that a lot of like the mcu movies have a lot of issues with like representation like the ant-man movies really just made um what's his face's character louise he's like literally just like stereotypical latino for like laughs Oh um,
0: what's his name? Michael Pena.
1: Yeah, like his character is like funny, but it's like stereotypical Latino and he's like, Oh, my dad got deported. Oh, I'm like kind of like all these traits that are like stereotypical Latino man, either support or hindrance to the white hero. Mantis was treated horribly in Guardians too, and then Drax just belittled her all the time and they also apparently Mantis in the comics was like really high power and then they like made her just kind of weak in the guardians movies also the fact that the guardians franchise is the most diverse one but of course it's the one franchise where most of the characters are not human so of course the one franchise where it's mostly people of color they're not even humans so that's great like literally like all these movies are just like (laughs) they're just not it for like representation like literally the the, the real asian american rep we got the real asian rep we got is like that one doctor lady in Age of Ultron who never gets seen again, Dr. Helen Cho. Oh, and then... Yeah,
0: uh, yeah, every
1: time that. they go to fight in an Asian country like South Korea or Hong Kong or wherever, and they just fight there, and then they leave. Or when Hawkeye was going on his whole revenge against the universe thing in He's Endgame. And He's he was like, going through his emo weep phase, and he was just killing Yakuza people. And I was like, alright. Like, this is also no- this is not the movie franchise for Asian people as it is right now. But those- at the
0: at the end of the day, though, there are I feel like I'm a little bit hopeful for the movies that oh, are going for to sure. Out. I'm
1: really I'm really upset that this is like the COVID is happening. Like now. I mean, obviously everyone's upset about COVID, but in terms of the MCU pretending the rest of the world doesn't exist, of all the time for the MCU to be disrupted, I'm really disappointed. It's now because they were like on the brink of finally letting people of color come in and tell their own stories featuring people of color and it's also i think it's really sad too because like a lot of like the people i knew just from like being in fandom spaces online who were just really into the mcu like for the last like few years like so like so many people have just been completely burned out by the whole infinity war saga and just how many things like went wrong with like a lot of like characters and stuff between infinity war and endgame and like all the movies before that like that was kind of a final straw moment for a lot of people where it's like you know, they're just, like, they're just not as into it anymore, and, like, obviously, I'm still into Marvel a lot, and I still follow it, but even I feel like I barely, like, I was watching WandaVision, and there was, like, the whole stuff with Sword, and I was, like, you know, five years ago, I totally would have been, like, oh my god, I know exactly why this is here, I know exactly, and I was, like, I don't even know that stuff anymore, like, I've been so burned out since, like, Endgame, where it's, like, I kind of purged a bunch of the Marvel brain cells from my head, because I was, like, I'm kind of done with this right now, because literally, it was so frustrating, and, of course, After they do that and make everybody pissed off, that's when they're like, okay, now the people of color can come in with their movies. Which, obviously, I'm glad it's happening. It's just really disappointing because there's, like, a lot of people I know from, like, Tumblr and stuff who just are barely following MCU anymore because they've been so burnt out. And it's like, now they're going to miss this stuff. that could That's going to be probably Mm, really good and really nice for, like, representation. But we can't have nice things ever, so... So here we are.
0: <laughs> I just wanted to say that, like, I think the movie that I'm most looking forward to for the next slate of Marvel movies to come out is the Eternals mm-hmm. because Chloe Zhao has been like on my watch for a while. Like, I watched her films, um, her first like first couple features, and I like really love them. And then she's on like the Oscar watch list right now, and like getting nominated for these all these awards for Nomadland. And then, which like, first of all, these movies are very like indie quiet films that don't require a lot of vfx or crew to make and now she's making a whole marvel movie so yes i'm excited to see what she's gonna come up with i think her voice is really cool
1: and it's just like now yeah. it's like now now that we're kind of done with like the og6 avengers and those actors we're finally like now when i think of like actors in upcoming marvel movies i'm thinking like. Simu Liu and like Camille Nanjiani and like Gemma Chan is coming back because I think they realized that was stupid to like waste her on a character who was just gonna die yeah. in one movie and like like just all those kinds of people now where I'm like oh my gosh yes like the what like the trilogy movies that have like that have yet to finish now like Black Panther and like Captain Marvel like I'm much more excited for like their next films than like I was for like the next Iron Man film or the next Thor film back in the oh, day I mean,
0: like. Well, I'm I'm very much hoping that for Captain Marvel 2, because they got Nia DaCosta, mm-hmm. who's like this black woman director who's writing who directed the upcoming the new Candyman uh remake coming out. I'm really excited for her because the Marvel movies uh to like writers and directors who actually like have a voice and like know how to recontextualize their own experiences mm-hmm. and their own like life into these characters in these movies and it's very refreshing to see them. Know. You know like
1: it feels like so much more personal than just someone approaching it as oh my gosh i just love watching like captain marvel or captain marvel captain america like punch people for two hours like it's so nice to not have people with that approach anymore yeah so i'm hopeful i'm just i like first of all can we just get black widow on disney plus like i'm tired of waiting and i just I just really want to put, like, since Natasha was such an important character to me for so long, and, like, such a big part of, like, my, I guess, formative years in high school and stuff, and as a creative, like, I just really want to be able to lay that to rest now that she's dead, so, like, first of all, she's dead, and now we're just waiting in limbo for this movie, like, I would just much rather just be able to be done with this now and just emotionally move on with my life and, like, focus on these newer characters and, you know, maybe one of them will be my new Natasha or something. But I just, I need Natasha to exit the stage now. But, like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't know what Disney's doing. They're just, they're too busy shutting down studios like Blue Sky. I don't know. They're.
0: <laughs> I think we're just going to leave it at that.
1: Yes. Release Black Widow.
0: That's my ending note. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode. Yeah. This episode has really been a headache.
1: I feel like it relieves my headache yeah. to get out my Marvel headache stresses oh that's good well if you let me know your hot takes dm me or whatever and tell me if i'm wrong but if you do i'm not gonna
0: agree (laughs) okay thanks for listening everyone yeet bye